You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 22nd, episode 3124, brought to you by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today on the show in our Daily Dose Health Report, Dr. Jones is back to tell us about whether horses get fleas, lice, and mange. Uh, It'd be nice if one of these things didn't try and kill my horse, because that's all we've (laughs) talked about for the last 12 years is things that'll kill my pony. Auditor Karina stops by to answer my question on Monday. Remember I said on Monday they had a controlled burn behind our boarding stable? Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do they control the burn so it doesn't burn the forest down like a regular forest fire does? So she's actually a controlled burn expert. Believe it or not, we have a listener that does that, and she's coming on to tell us why. So I'm excited to hear that answer. And is there any weird news? Of course there is. Are we exempting Florida or? Mm, Doubtful. (laughs) And we wanted to also uh, wish our best to everybody across the northern part of the country. I don't know. Are you getting snow or rain or what are you getting with this blizzard thing? We have wind and some rain, but it's been very, very oddly pleasant temperatures so i'm sure that'll that's about to change you know (laughs) (laughs) knock on wood wow they're talking about a top in minnesota and some of the states of north they're talking about a top 10 blizzard of all time so we wish you all the best up there (laughs) uh somebody else we wish the best all you dodge ram lovers you have a dodge ram right i do Mm, you're a little older than this i think there's now been, there's going to be a recall. You're going to get a letter in the mail. There's 306,000 Dodge Rams that are being recalled. Uh, and this is the 2,500, 3,500, 4,500, 5,500 from the years 2021 to 2023. If you have the 6.7 liter Cummins diesel, which I'm uh, guessing. Mine's a little older. Yeah. Mm. We both have the, you know, have the diesel. I have the GMC version of that diesel. But uh, if you have that, apparently there's a, heater grid relay I don't know what that does something to do with the heater I guess um, that will catch on fire and Mm. they said it not only will catch on fire when the truck is on but after the truck is off so they're telling people if you have one of these trucks before you get it in to get it fixed uh, they want you to not park it in the garage or anywhere near the house or trees or anything that might burn (laughs) So it'll just like catch on fire. Yeah. And uh, yeah, even with the ignition Oops. turned off. <laughs> so that's kind of scary. Uh, they are aware of six uh, related fires that they think were as a result of this. As far as they know, nobody's been hurt. They said the fire risk is minimal, uh, but, you know, it's a potential that it could happen. So look for your letter in the mail if you have one of these and maybe don't char- park the truck in the hayloft. 
Uh, Maybe the good news is these trucks are all so big, nobody can fit them in anything anyway. That's right. You couldn't fit them in a normal garage. So, yeah, there you go. There's Last week or the week before, we had helmets being recalled, and now it's your Dodge Ram trucks. So We're here to help you. All the Ford you. people are going, yes. Told you Fords were better. <laughs> oh, Fords, I can hear them. Fords had a few recalls, too, over the last year. So I don't want to hear it, Ford people. I have one auditor with a birthday today, and that's Linda Gettick. Happy birthday to Linda. I only have one today, though. That's unusual. I usually have more than that. Do you know anybody with a birthday? You wanna... I do. Oh. I do. It's my brother's birthday. Not that he'd ever listened to this show, but happy birthday. <laughs> it's Josh. obviously not your twin brother. It's the other brother. Wow. That is good de- deduction you, right I there. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the reason I know it's my brother's birthday, or Mm. that I know this fact. 15 years ago today, I was working a radio job that I hated, going to work at 2.30 in the morning, making a lot of money, but I was miserable. So... I was Facebook friends with this guy who lived in Philadelphia and he's like, just come visit. And it was like Friday morning. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so I booked a plane ticket, Glenn, 15 years ago today, because I remember it because my brother was mad. I was leaving on his birthday, but I was like, I have to get out of here. And I headed to the airport to fly to Philadelphia and I climbed aboard the plane, sat down in the middle seat. And Chad sat down next to oh, me. Oh, is this the Chad story? This is 15 years ago today? 15 years ago today. I don't know where the time went, but yep, that's how it happened. And uh, the rest is history. So happy gotcha version. I don't know what people say um, for things like this. Happy but yes. meet you on an airplane day. Happy meet you on an airplane day. <laughs> <laughs> Does he remember this day or is this your thing? You He's remember? right here. Yeah, he Did, remembers. No, he didn't. Oh, okay. Just check. Of course he remembers. He actually was the first one who said it this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Impressive. Exactly. And I was like, oh, crap. It's my brother's birthday. I got to call my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hey, how about Jack? We, you have, I don't think we've talked about Jack this week. Uh, Jack was uh, Jamie's new horse. She bought the new old horse. The new old horse. From Texas. Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, Well, I mean, he is currently out with Duke, who is 30 and is awesome. And Effie, the the baby filly, uh, who's about eight months old. And the three of them are living their best life and doing really well. And it is so cute where whenever he's eating from a pile, she's like, can I have some of yours? And she eats with him. And then she I caught a picture of them sleeping together like he was laying down and she was curled up across from him. it was so precious i love it duke's like oh thank god get a break <laughs> break from his the baby kid. <laughs> break from this kid um yeah so they're doing really well and r- the reports were when i first got him he wants nothing to do with humans like he's he's 
he wanted it took me 20 minutes to catch him for the first time to bring him up to feed him well i would like to report that i can now walk up to him and halter him now again we did not know that he was blind in his left eye when i bought him uh but he's blind so you have to approach him from the hello i'm coming to get you hello jack and he i can now halter him it's so sweet i'm so happy and his mouth has stopped hurting from his first dental no, I'm sure it still hurts. We've got to do about 9,000 more dentals to get that tooth where it needs to be. But um, yeah, it's, he's, he's, he's improving. He's eating well. He's appearing to gain weight. So, I mean, from what little I could tell, we're really going to see a lot in the spring. I think uh, we've got, got a lot of stuff uh, on the way in the mail for him that is going to, you know, I just like to spend money, Glenn. <clears throat> you know what? I, I started remembering that there is, you know, that money expert who says, you know, you should tithe a, a large amount of your money, a certain mm. percentage of your money you should give to charity. And I, I realized I do that. And my charity of the day is Jack. So <laughs> <laughs> your charity of the day is your veterinarian and all, all your veterinarians employees. Exactly. Yes. Well, I just feel like, you know what? Everybody gives in their own way. I might not be given to a church, but I'm given to a horse. Well, you're, so. you're supporting the local economy there. There you go. Exactly. All those that employees is... at the vet office go buy groceries. You know, they go out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm helping them. I'm helping Kentucky yeah. Performance Products. I'm <laughs> helping the local feed store. You're right. You're right. I'm a giver. You are I'm a giver. giver. Uh, yep. No mm-hmm. question about it. <laughs> now, I, by the way, I just got a phone call a minute ago. And so I had to go on mute for a second because I got a phone call from the doctor's office continuing an appointment. I had... Uh, this sucks. I had like the worst day yesterday. Pe- doctor or people doctor? Human doctor. Oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing as bad as what you had. <laughs> you still win that one. Uh, but I have been having a issue with my elbow. My elbow really has been hurt. Like, like really bad. Like grabbing things with my hand is hurting. And nothing, I don't, nothing bothers me until it starts to hurt when I put a saddle on. And so I was like, ah, time to go to the doctor. It's starting to hurt to put a saddle on. So I went and they took x-rays of my elbow, but they were like, didn't you have shoulder surgery on your right shoulder? Yes, I did. You know what? We're going to get some x-rays of your elbow, but we're also going to get some x-rays of your shoulder. And I was like, okay, go in, come back out, get the x-rays, all the things. And the doctor's like, well, the good news is there's really nothing radiographically to to see in your elbow. And I was like, well, that's that's good, but I don't know why it hurts. And he was like, I do. Uh, he's like, come look at the x-ray of your shoulder. And he was like, okay. And he's got it up on the wall. And he's like, that is a bone spur in your shoulder. Wait, and there's one there. And there's one there. Hold on. There's one over there. He goes, pretty much anywhere there's a room to have a bone spur in your shoulder, you have one. I was like. Is that why your good. elbow hurts? So he said. This is what he said. He goes, you know, x-rays like this, I usually see in like football players, you know, because they're like getting hit and then they hit the ground and they fall on their shoulder. It appears that you've had a lot of falls. (laughs) He goes, have you had a lot of falls? And I was like, uh, no, not me, not me. Horses. (laughs) And he was like, okay, so you train horses. You've had a lot of falls. Yeah. That explains his x-ray. He was like, it looks similar to the one of your right elbows. So I'm pretty sure we're going to have to go ahead and do surgery oh, on your left s- shoulder. Are they going to take all the spurs out? 
Yes, they do exactly what they did on my right shoulder, which is basically go in there with like a sanding tool and just like get rid of all the tool in there to take your uh, spurs. That's pretty much what they do. They just dremel the edge of your bones and your shoulder, and and but it's more than one. It's a, it's a, there's like a place where two bones meet and those in between that is like all filled with bone spurs. So they basically <laughs> shave each side of your bone, which is what they did on the right one. But it took a year for me to feel better. Good news is now my right shoulder feels great. Do you know why my elbow hurts? Because I'm not using my shoulder and I'm overcompensating. Mm. So what does he do? He gives me this. He's like, I'm going to give you just, you know, you got to wear like a little brace around it. But he was like, you know, change the fulcrum point. And this doctor's so smart. And he was like, and I'm going to give you this um, topical medication, you know, and it'll help with some of the pain. And I was like, okay. So I go and I pick up the medication. You know, it's so weird. I was like, this, this drug looks familiar. It's called Diclofenac or something. And I was like, that name sounds so familiar. I Google it. It's Surpass. <laughs> it's the same thing we put on horses. I was like, is it stronger? I was like, nope. Same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. I got, I got Surpass. I was pro- given surpass, surpass was probably half the cost or a quarter of the cost, too. So- no, no, no. I have insurance. So Surpass for everyone yeah. at this point. And he gave me like a year's supply. Because so, I was like, I can't have surgery. I'm busy. This is like my busy season in the spring and coming into summer. I was like, I can't do the surgery until, can we do it like next winter? <laughs> he goes, Okay, well, see, what you have here is um, <laughs> the fact that the ligaments can't slide over these. But so it was like, if you don't get it taken care of, it'll, it's going to turn into a rotator cuff. It'll tear, it'll tear the ligaments to shreds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good times. Good times. You and so, I both had that shoulder surgery not too far apart, and it wasn't fun. No, it sucks. And mm. I gained like 10 pounds because you just like can't move. You know, your whole upper body is just, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Everything sucks. sucks. So are you going in next week? No, I have to go for an MRI <laughs> in March and I'm going to try to stretch it to July. <laughs> like at least middle of the summer because I'm booked up through May. And I really, June is a lovely time to train horses. So um, I'm going to try for July. <laughs> What's your crossed. husband say about this? Um, what is he? He's like, that sucks. And my <laughs> husband has learned that men always want to fix things. And here's a piece of advice I'm going to give you, Glenn. Mm. Men, oh, if you come to them with a problem, they always want to fix it. That's right. Yep. Okay. I'm guilty of that too. Guilty. Yeah. Let me tell you the best thing to say when your woman comes to you with a problem. That sucks. That sucks. That's all we want to hear. We don't want to hear your little ways to fix it. Just say that sucks. And it's honestly, he's learned that and like our marriage is better. Well, Jamie, (laughs) that does suck. I mean, it does suck. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks. Sucks big time. Having been Mm -hmm. there, done that, it sucks. And I got to do it again. I've been there, done that too. I don't want to do it again. So anyway, that sucks. I'm going to have to have another stupid shoulder surgery. I how long we were wearing that shoulder thing. Oh God, it just sucks. It just yeah, it, it just was a sucks. while if I remember right. I God, that seems like so many surgeries ago. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no way to surgery was that. Yeah, I mean, getting like, old, wow. <laughs> getting old sucks. Yeah, so good times. So anyway, that's what's going on with me. So Jack is doing good. Horses are doing great. I'm going back to uh, um, horse and hound today to take these two horses back and um, get a couple new ones. So we'll have some new horse updates on Friday. So horses are great. Owner sucks, and that's pretty much. Let's get, to our, <laughs> let's get to our first guest and find out the burning question I had from Monday. 
Oh, I see what you did there. That's terrible. Well, we have the most amazing listeners. The other day on the show, I said we had a controlled burn around our house here in, in, in the forest. And they do them all the time here in Florida. We live, there's a ton of big forests in Ocala. And uh, they do them all the time. And I was like, why doesn't it burn the trees down? It burns all the brush out of the bottom. But in forest fires, it burns the whole thing. So why is this not like a forest fire? And of course, we have the most amazing listeners in the world. And Karina uh, wrote to me and said, I can answer those questions because I used to do this. So Karina, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And good morning. Um, so, I, Yeah, go ahead. So you used to be a, a burn specialist. That's right. Before, between college and my current uh, public health career, I worked for the big land management agencies like the USDA Forest Service and uh, the Department of Interior, National Park Service, Bureau of Land Management, etc. Okay. So I spent a lot of that time uh, on the fire line. So explain this to me. And, you know, if you, I think most people probably know what a controlled burn is. I don't know that we have to explain that. But how does mm -hmm. it not burn all the trees down and, every, and all the houses around it and everything else, like, like a lightning burn will do? Sure. So, um, and Jamie was partially right when she said it's science. It is in part science and <laughs> part art. Say that uh, again. Say, say the part about me being right. <laughs> Jamie was right. Yes. Oh, you're breaking um, up. I can't hear you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens with controlled burns is um, the science part is the timing. Uh, wildfires typically burn uh, in a season. And for Florida, where you are, that fire season is typically in the winter where it is colder and maybe there's some wind um, and the fuels have dried out. So the, um, the fuels are in a, a dormant stage. Whereas out West uh, where I live is uh, the fire season is in typically in the summer and the fall where you have those same fuel conditions where it's, it's dry. you might be in a drought situation and a lot of times there's wind that goes with that and that's when well i can't speak for florida because florida has lightning all the time um, but out west um, you know there's a season for lightning and it's typically in the summer when those fuels are receptive to um to burn and burn a lot so um, the science part is that typically controlled burns are on the shoulder seasons and florida um, so you should be, so we're the end of February, so you should be kind of getting into more the, the wet season in Florida. Yeah, we and, started and, to get some rain again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's the science part is, um, and the art part is timing. Um, so timing that burn so that, uh, you know, you burn some, but, you know, hopefully the rains come in and dampen things down. Um, and I, the forest type down there, I think, is pine with a palmetto understory. Yeah, and then correct? the live oaks occasionally, you know, in, in and yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, palmetto is very flammable, and um, it grows back pretty rapidly after um, after a fire, whether it's a controlled burn or a or a wildfire. And um, pines and oaks are somewhat resistant to fire, so. Do you have a question? Yeah, so it doesn't matter if the trunks get, you know, because you, you'll go through after a controlled burn. Matter of fact, 
if we ride out the back right now of our property, you're riding through the controlled burn, right? Um, mm-hmm. And all the tree trunks are black because they've been right. burned at the bottom, and that doesn't hurt them, huh? No. Um, so, yeah, in a wildfire, when things are really intense, the crowns will burn where all the green stuff is. And sometimes trees will even survive for, from that if they're healthy trees, if they have any uh, like beetle bark damage, like you see out here wet, out west, um, you know, they probably won't survive a fire like that. But, um, you know, healthy trees may even survive with a lot of their foliage burned. Um, and oaks also are are pretty resistant to fire as well. How effective is the controlled burns? Are the controlled burns? It depends on what the the resource goal is um and i say resource because sometimes the the objective of the burn is hazard fuel reduction and um you know there's a you would have a different burn technique and maybe even timing for if you're doing hazard fuel reduction versus maybe a resource management type burn and one example i can give you for a resource management type burn would, and even in Florida, I did work in Florida for a few seasons. I worked at Big Cypress and um, Everglades. And sometimes, especially in Big Cypress, there was a lot of the exotic Australian pines, the Melaleuca. So um, part of the, the goal was to reduce that non-native plant mm. and maybe encourage the native pines or, you know, whatever the other vegetation would be to come in. So. It's, um, you know, and that's also kind of the art and science part is getting the burn to the correct temperature and intensity so that it reduces the non-native plants and encourages the native plants. Um, for hazard fuel reduction, I think out west here, it, it's pretty, it's it's really effective. I mean, there's been some studies uh, years ago where it's shown that controlled burns have stopped wildfires from advancing. Florida's a little bit different. Well, Florida's environment is a lot different. Um, you know, vegetation Florida's different seems in like many it... ways, Karina. <laughs> 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 We're um, having weird news know... later. I'm sure there'll be more examples <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, so vegetation in Florida grows, you know, practically overnight. So if you're doing hazard fuel reduction in Florida, if that's the objective, then burns are probably going to have to be fairly frequent in order to um, protect the resources, which are probably homes um, from wildfire. So you might see those burns every two or three years. And, and of course, anytime you talk about something like this, somebody posts the picture of the one house burning down, in, you know, in the rare example that the controlled burn got out of control. Yeah, you know, and that does happen. Yeah, I, I'm sure it does, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's probably rare. I mean, they they kind of know what they're doing. But all right, well, this yeah. explained it. All right, now it makes sense. I, I, you know, it never quite made sense to me how they keep you know at all from burning down. But now, now it makes more sense. Uh, Good. So, Karina, thanks for joining us. We really we have very smart listeners. It's, it's, <laughs> any Thank question God. we I know because we are not. So, Karina, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. This episode, as always on Wednesdays, is brought to you by StatelineTech.com. I was on their website, and highlighted on the front page is their halters and leads section. Now, when we had our tax shop, we maybe had 10 different kinds of halters and leads. 
At StatelineTech.com right now, I just counted. They have 40, <laughs> 450 different halters and leads. Really? There is nine pages with 50 on each page. Everybody I, everybody I know has a particular type of lead rope that they like to use. I am super particular about mine as well. So the fact that... Well, there's that's true like, of halters too, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I buy all my halters from the same place. I get all my lead ropes. Like, But if I see like, oh God, are they on sale right now? You know, you know what we uh, <laughs> we started using, and she started using it on Nigel, and then we got one for Scooter too, and we've never used them in the past as the rope halters, and we have never used them in the past. We always just used the nylon or leather halters, um, but we started using the rope halters here, and I really like them. They're easy to put on, <laughs> especially if you're grooming and stuff. It's just easy to use. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing too is you you know leather halters here it just just doesn't work because they get mm-hmm. moldy in 10 minutes. So we're either using nylon or the rope halters because of the mold. Uh, in leather halters, you have to keep in the house. So we, I only use those when we're trailering and going special places. But yeah, they do have uh, tons of different lead ropes here. And you're right. Everybody, like I like the thicker lead ropes because my hands are bigger. Jennifer likes the thinner lead rope. It's just every different kind is listed here on this website. And there are halters that start at like $5, right? And then there are some halters that actually are in the hundreds of dollars. It's crazy. I didn't realize halters were that expensive. Are so, they super pretty ones? Yeah, they're or super they just... pretty ones, you know, leather show halters, you know, with bling. Uh, but yeah, you can find all those varieties at statelinetech.com. And it just goes on. It's endless <laughs> halters and leads in here. And from a bunch of different companies, too. Uh, this is just crazy. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at them, too. I'm shopping. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. I, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and that's all at statelinetech.com. Well, the next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine and non-GMO cord nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. One of our listeners asked if horses get fleas and lice and mange, and we're going to find out. I'm so pleased to welcome to the show Dr. Erin Denny-Jones. She has been a friend of the show for since, since the beginning, really. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long since we've talked to you. So you are the owner and the big boss at FloridaEquine.com. I hear there's a few horses in Florida. Yeah, just just a couple. We love them all, though. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, we had a listener. I know you're on the clock here and you don't have a ton of time, but we had a listener uh, email and ask us a question. And the question was, do horses get fleas, lice and mange? Ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes and no. How's that? Uh, they are less likely to get those items, which is good. Let's go through each one quickly, individually, if you don't mind. Let's start with the fleas, since that's the least likely. And those that get a flea or fleas usually are hanging out with chickens or turkeys or some other sort of poultry bird type thing. And they're in warm clients. So here in Florida, it'd be ideal. But our poultry industry keeps other varmints and animals away from them. So you'd have to say your backyard chicken producers might be culprits of maybe some fleas on their horses, but they pretty much have to be housed with poultry. And ironically, I have a funny story. I did pull into a farm that had their donkey in the chicken coop to keep the raccoons out. 
So oh. it is probably possible <laughs> to have your horse or, or donkey in with your poultry, but that would be the most likely reason they would get fleas. And the fleas, you'll be able to see them. It's not like, well, with the dogs and cats, you can see them when you pull the hair apart. The horse's hair is short, unless you've got a cushionoid one. Um, you can pretty much see them roaming around and they usually get the face and ears and eye area. Um, they're rarely on the other parts of the body, but that's primarily where they seem to hang out. So as you're, you know, loving on your animal, you're going to see those little fleas walking around, but most likely you won't see it unless they're housed with your poultry. So the number one treatment is to get them away from the poultry. And then of course, number two is to treat it topically. And you can try to do an ivermectin, but really topical is the best way to get rid of them. And bathing them up, uh, usually with a medicated shampoo, not an over-the-counter would be best. I, okay, on to... I came, from, I came from Arizona, though, where I had chickens right next to my horses, and they would go around in their stalls. I've, knock on wood, I've never seen a flea on a horse. Right, and, and that's the backyard t- kind of... Um, poultry producer has that and you don't see the fleas and they don't get the fleas. They'd actually have to be housed in the building with the flea, with the poultry. So mm-hmm. poultry industry doesn't allow that. So I have in 30 some odd years, never seen a flea on a horse. So that would be the only way they could possibly get it. That's all right. Wow. Our dogs make up for it. So Shoo. <laughs> right. The, the dog flea does not come to the horse. It's only the poultry flea. That's They're weird. different fleas. Who knew? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to lice. That's probably the next, um, least likely, I guess would be my next um, phrase on that. That one is really hard to diagnose. Um, They'll get on the back and on the sides of the necks, and they kind of look moth-eaten, the horses do. Really, the only cases that are written up about these are usually abandoned, abused, neglected, those kind of cases where we'll see some sort of lice infestation. And um, because most people bathe their horses with those over-the-counter uh, shampoos and stuff, that keeps the lice off. Um, it's hard to diagnose them because you got to get them to come to the surface and they're down at the skin and they're much smaller to see, um, especially on the back and the neck area. Um, topically treating them, again, the same shampoos. So since we're bathing our horses a lot, we rarely see that problem. So chicken fleas, on- different than dog fleas. Dog fleas are not going to get on your horse. On, and then lice is very uncommon, so you don't see that much. And then mites? Mites. Okay, so mites. I have seen a couple cases of mites. And it's the choreoptic mange. It's not the seraptic mange that you see in the dogs and cats. So the choreoptic mange gets on draft horses primarily or those with feathered legs. And you'll see that. Um, come to fruition when you see them biting at their legs, chewing at their legs, scratching their legs on fence posts, scratching them on each other. It's usually the feathered horses. Now, granted, you can clip the feathered horses. They still may get it, but it's the long hair that traps and makes a great environment for the mange to hang out. They think that there are some carriers of it that can pass it from one horse to the other. Uh, so you'd say, let's say a Gypsy Vanner, a Clydesdale, a Frisian Barn. You may see it go from stall to stall to stall, and they usually love to live that stall environment, um, not out in the pasture, the uh, mange does, the mites. And um, 
you'll see it transferring from one to the other. Those we've, you know, had a dickens of a time trying to keep those controlled unless you clip the feathers, which is usually not allowed for some of the show horses. And, and you treat it topically. That one, your oral ivermectins really won't do you any good. The moxidexins really won't do you any good. But treating it topically. So if you have feathered horses and they're in the pasture, they're least likely to get it. If they're stalled up, they're most likely to get it. And you need to get, stay on top of checking their feathered areas out and bathing them up. Maybe another medicated shampoo from your veterinarian that's got a sulfur in it, a sulfur base in it, or a sulfur powder type thing underneath the feathers to kind of keep that at bay. Yeah, so, it so seems that's like feathers just cause problems. <laughs> I have a Gypsy Vanner client that clips the feathers and she's embarrassed to say that she has a Gypsy Vanner when she goes to the shows because she thinks she's going to get snubbed. But she just doesn't <laughs> want to deal with any of the feathered problems here in Florida. So, so basically the, here in Besides Florida, the mange, there's other things. <laughs> yeah, like fire ants. Are, so you're saying fire ants are basically a bigger problem than lice, fleas, or mange in Florida. Yes, yeah. believe it or not, in this warm uh, moist environment, yes, these are our least likelies. And like I said, I have not seen a lice. I have not seen a flea. I have seen a mite case and a couple mite cases. And it's usually been on a draft of some sort with feathers. Got it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I didn't know there was a difference so, in fleas. They all kind of look alike, but I guess there's a lot of different fleas. Uh, so. <laughs> They're all ugly. (laughs) Well, thank you again, Dr. Jones, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You know, I have seen, we've had, we have had more problems with fire ants. We get the farms, we, the farm we came from, we started getting it sprayed because of that. Because you'll just see the horses take off and run incessantly around the field like a crazy, like a crazy animal. And that will be, um, that will usually mean they have fire ants on them. And Yes, and there's some that look like um, fire ants, and they're wasp. So they they have a central uh, hole on their on their side body, and they've been stinging. Um, so, uh, yeah, the wasp would be another possibility too for them to take off running like that. Hmm. All right, very good. It's FloridaEquine.com is where you can find Dr. Jones. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, thank you guys. Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds has one, two, three, four different formulas that we're going to chat about very briefly today. First one on the list balances the needs of horses who need calories, but they also need a little bit of focus. What's that one called? Called Mass No Sass. They also have a formula that's going to balance the needs of a horse that needs a lot of energy because he is a high-performance competitor. What's that one? That one is called Freestyle Performance or Tramex. Because yes, trail horses can be high-performance animals. And for senior horses or horses who have dental issues... That one's called senior. Tough to remember. And for those who want a top-quality, non-GMO feed, which is what all of Daily Dose Equine's feeds are, but they also have a really serious budget that they need, they need to stick to, what do, they ha- what do you have for them? We call that product Sweet and Safe. Well, before we get to weird news, we have a little bit of time, and I have prepared this month's study show. Now, the way this works is I go on to Google, and I type in study show, dot, 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 and I look at the last month, and I see what the world is wasting money on in the form of studies. <laughs> because, you know, they spend millions of dollars on these studies, and basically, Jamie and I already know the answer. We, they, they Everybody does. given us the million dollars and could have saved that, and then we would be better off, and we would Jamie would share it with the veterinarian locally, and <laughs> the whole community is better off. But nope, 
they have to do these studies and we don't get any of it. So do you want to guess today? Of course I want to guess. All right, here we go. So news, I did this one for you, by the way. (laughs) New studies show that Georgia and South Carolina are blank places to live. Oh, I was going to say really, really redneck. Um, (laughs) That still works. (laughs) They're uh, lovely places to live. Do you you agree with that? I mean, you, you, you believe that? I used to live in Georgia for a long time and I don't live there anymore. So I'm like, (laughs) the answer is uh, new studies show that Georgia and South South Carolina are affordable places to live. Except if you're in Atlanta, then I don't think it's so affordable. Studies show that most Americans are. Most Americans are. uh, There's so many ways I could go with this. Most Americans are unhappy with their diet (laughs) that's next month's study uh but this month's study says most americans are sleep deprived again a study that i could have told you that almost everybody i know is sleep deprived especially jamie and i so we could have answered that personally didn't need a study Studies show that couples who this one surprised me. Studies show that couples who work together are more or less likely to stay together. So they. Work I mean, you're kind of stuck. You're more likely because you're stuck. Like you can't go anywhere. You're stuck. <laughs> it is more likely to stay together if you work together. You're more likely to stay together. Now that I got to tell you, Jennifer and I worked together for thirty years, and there's times where we wish we hadn't worked together. Uh, but but you're still, still together. together. I guess you're right. Maybe we are just got stuck. It's too hard to break up if you it's work too together. hard. Yeah. It's too hard. <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Of course, I don't read the study, so I don't know what it really said. <laughs> <laughs> Two herbs which are commonly used in cooking have been shown to have weight reducing effects. Any, um, any oregano and marijuana. Oh, you got half right. Um, oregano was ha- right. And really? Yeah. I just totally threw one no. out. <laughs> I would have guessed marijuana it. too, actually. Um, but I don't think they were counting that one. Uh, so it's oregano and parsley. Okay. Well, and I use those I'm all the time. I'm adding those to my shopping list. Yeah, I use those all the time. Italian seasoning is my favorite seasoning to use. Horses share personality. Oh, this is not a, you don't have to guess this. It's just a statement. Horses share personality related genes with humans, finding show. Did you read that article? No. I read it and I still don't know which genes they were talking about. So I was I was looking for oh they share these certain personality traits, but it didn't go there. So I think you were gonna say they share personality traits with their owners. Well, you know, they say we're like our animals, so maybe, you know. Scooter's a lot like me in many ways. It is safer this is to eat. So this was a study, (laughs) exactly. This was a study uh, about parking. Parking lots are probably the most dangerous place you drive every day, especially Walmart parking lots. Uh, But is it safer? The study showed, is it safer to back into a parking space or pull into a parking space? You know what they say when I, when I lived in Kentucky, everybody backed into parking spaces. That's like what you do in Kentucky. You back your truck into a parking space. It's trucks, you're right. Uh, Most trucks back into parking spaces. Well, just cars and trucks in general. And I was like, why here in Kentucky does everybody back into parking space? And the guy I was with said, is so you can get out quick. You got to run. 
You gotta, gotta run. get out quick. <laughs> He's like, so everybody bags in the parking spaces so they can get out of the town. <laughs> well, they're correct. Backing in the parking spaces causes less, less accidents than pulling in. And they said the reason is when you're backing in, you only have to look one direction. When you're backing out, you have to pay attention to people, cars coming from every direction. So there's more accidents with people backing out of parking spaces than... uh, When I back out of a parking space, I have a Beetle convertible. I have to put my top down because I can't see anything. That that Beetle doesn't have good sight lines. It's like a little (laughs) circle in the back. You're like, hello, plastic circle. I can't see I noticed that when I was riding with you. And I think the old Beetles had bigger windows or something because I don't remember having that bad of sight lines. Yeah, I totally look like the biggest snob. I'm like, crank up my car, put my top down, (laughs) back out. It's snowing and she has a top down to back out. Put my top back (laughs) out. Is... Uh, studies show an increase or decrease. Uh, this again, this is the stupidest study because we all know the answer. Increase or decrease in students using Chat GPT. Oh my God! Did somebody studied that? Somebody studied this. I think okay. you already know the answer. Yeah. <clears throat> Except- Nobody wants to use it. I, I I talked to Farm Boy about the Chat GPT. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I said I said, are you using that? He was like, you'd be stupid too, because. They know <laughs> he's he said that, that all the professors are so well aware of it. I was like, can't you go in there and like just change some stuff? And he was like, they know they have programs now that they can run it through. But, you know, you'll see a lot of people failing out soon. Really? Wow. Hmm. That bad. Uh, this is another study that I don't know why we spent the money. And this is horse related. Excess fat blank on a horse's performance. Oh, I think that excess fat on horses makes them the best jumpers. Oh Absolutely my gosh. Absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. It helps them propel in distance and height. <laughs> yes. They studied this. It was actually an article. I could not believe it. It was on Horse Talk. It was actually an article. That you tell me that being um, overweight does not help your athletic performance? No, That's so weird. You know, and I can save them the time and money. It's true of people, too. So, yeah. yeah. We can For that follow-up that. study, we're going to go ahead and use the same results. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Send us the million dollars. This one, I, I, this, I'm not going to have you guess this one, but I found it interesting and I actually read the article. So I always save the one for last that I actually look at it. It's the super brain food, the super food brain fog connection. Studies show six foods help you clear your mind and improve focus. And marijuana is not on this one either. So no, it would not be. No. <laughs> so you want to hear it? You're yeah, going to like it. most of these. Um, I'm writing it down. Yeah. Chocolate. Chocolate's either been killing us for the last 12 years in studies, or it's the thing that's going to make you the smartest person in the world. It's been one or the other, and it's usually dark chocolate. But this actually said all chocolate. Okay. Was, uh, and it may activate the focus hormone. I, first of all, I didn't know there was a focus hormone, and I think I'm lacking that one a bit. So I need to eat more chocolates. Just... Obviously. Red onions improve blood flow. And also will keep anybody away from a seven-foot radius of your face. Yeah, so you're going to get sick less, probably, (laughs) which will keep you more focused. Um, Chicken energizes neurons. Again, I only read the headlines. I didn't read the details. 
oatmeal. Ch- just chicken. Are we talking hot wings? Are no, we talking no, chicken breast? Just said chicken. Um, chicken soup. I think fried chicken's probably going to decrease that a bit. Actually, yeah, seriously. Oatmeal may boost neurotransmitters. So oatmeal is supposed to help you improve focus. I can't do oatmeal. I've never been able to eat oatmeal. It's something about the consistency and the taste. I just can't do it. Jennifer mm-hmm. eats oatmeal every day for breakfast. I really? can't do it. Even if I, started, I load it with fruit and stuff. I bought this oatmeal that's like in a packet and it's like got the seasoning. You put it with it. It's it's called Proper Good. It was on Shark Tank and I bought the oatmeal. And they come like ready-made and you just microwave for like a minute. And then that's what Lucas has for breakfast. And every morning I pour it out. I'm like, Bleh. This looks like a glob of like puke. I'm sorry, it it's oatmeal. gross. So you don't need oatmeal either. I, if it's dry, and then I add stuff to it, and then I can eat it. But if it's like already cooked, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It does. It does look like somebody ate it already. I mean, most of them. That is true. Uh, nuts. You know, we've had nuts too in the surveys over the years, and but nuts are not as controversial as chocolate or or coffee. It's mostly been that nuts are good for you. And it, it says here that nuts may heal brain cells. So I like nuts. I eat a lot of nuts. And then you're going to love the last one. You're really going to love it. And this has been every month for the last 12 oh, years in a study. Mm. Coffee. No, wine. Wine. <laughs> wine. <laughs> Either wine or coffee. <laughs> wine may speed up toxin removal. Now, we've also determined in all the other thousand studies about wine that an excessive amount of wine kind of negates that. They're usually talking one to two glasses a day. So there you go. I it's am always happy red wine, to... not white wine participate in any study involving yeah, red wine they consumption. They never call you, do they, for these studies? They don't. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> All any they need day to now. do is look at your liquor store bill, and they would be calling you. Man, I'm so fancy now that I go to Costco and buy their box wine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you are old. <laughs> Super healthy. What because age the, do you have reason- to be when you buy your first box wine? I'll tell you why I buy the box wine is because, and I've explained this before, when I drink a bottle, if I open a bottle of wine, I'll have two to three glasses. And then there's this like one and a half glasses at the bottom sitting there and it's going to go bad. And so then what happens? I drink the whole dang bottle because I can't let it go to waste. (laughs) So then I'm hammered and I feel like crap the next day. But this box wine in the back from Costco, it doesn't go bad because you don't open it up. You just release what you need. And I am better at let not over consuming but a bottle of wine you know what call me whatever you will i'm not hungover <laughs> and i had box wine last night <laughs> you know i'm that way with champagne although i will say this champagne bottles have gotten thicker and the volume of champagne has gotten a lot less oh yeah <laughs> you know you pour out champagne now you're maybe getting three medium-sized glasses in a bottle of it's crazy do you drink champagne all the time like, I like champagne. That? Bougie? No, like, yeah, like, I don't drink it at home a lot, but when we're on cruises and stuff, I'll have mimosas, one of my favorite drinks ever, uh, and I'll have champagne at night. Yeah. Really? I like, I like bubbly, you know, I like bubbly sweet things. I don't like red wine because it's not sweet enough. So, mm, 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 yeah. And unfortunately, the kind of wine I drink is not healthy for you at all, apparently. It's always red wine that's the healthiest. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do some uh, weird news? Let's do it. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. 
Yes, weird news is just part of our life. And um, I did not start this segment thinking it would be a weekly segment, but you have all spoken. And every week, y'all are now emailing me the stories of the weird news, just like Glenn sent me one, Nikki, Charlotte, Laureen, Laurie, Allison, even I found one. So weird news is a part of our life. If you are ever looking at a news story and you're like, ooh, that's super weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line and uh, maybe... And and keep in mind our show is PG. Yes. Those of you... (laughs) who send me dirty things, don't stop. I really enjoy reading them, but <laughs> I can't. She likes them. <laughs> yeah, I like reading them, but yeah, I can't read them on the air. But just know they are appreciated. Um, all right, so this one is one that I found, and I just want to tell you guys to, like, this is almost like a study show. We're like, come on. You would not be dumb enough to do that. But apparently, the TSA has to put out an announcement. This is the Fox 5 New York staff wrote this. Um, TSA says travelers should never put pets through the x-ray unit. Really? Are you trying to get a free diagnosis? I mean, like, why would you think you should stick your dog through the x-ray machine? Here, go through the machine. <laughs> there are actually pictures in this article. Okay, here it says, there have been several examples of TSA officers finding pets inside passenger luggage, like a live cat that was found inside a bag at JFK and a dog was accidentally sent through an x-ray machine in Wisconsin. I'm looking at the x-rays yeah, of now, these poor animals. Now, you think it was accidental or they're just trying, don't, you have to, don't they charge you for bringing your dog or cat? Yes, and this, mm. this cat that I'm looking at, is in the care it's like in a roller bag so this is not that sneak them in the dog looks like it was put but like how do you accidentally where'd my dog go that i've been carrying for the last two hours (laughs) where'd it go i lost it oh i put it to the thing anyway um i have never flown with a pet have you uh yes i have Uh, when we got danny i flew back with her but she was like a tiny little puppy and so i just put her in a little carry-on bag i had to pay like 200 bucks or some whatever but it was easier than driving to texas and back when i lived in arizona so yes i have done it it's not bad i've i I, i've had to ship dogs before like go to the cargo hold but when they're super small it's easy Ah, easy to do that. All right. Next, don't put your pets through the x-ray machine. I feel like anybody listening would know that. Uh, Now, Glenn sent me this one, and he he put it as nice, weird news. And so, uh, you know, it's a boss. I got to include his nice, weird news story. And uh, it's a story about a kid. And his name is Andres Valencia, and he lives in Miami. And he started at the age of three painting, painting, just paintings. And they're crazy cool. They're they're like cubist kind of designs. They're weird. Anyway, this kid, he's 11 years old now. He made $1.3 million selling his artwork in Florida last month, last year. He's 1.3. He's 11. His <laughs> nickname is now Little Picasso. And he says that no he, des- <laughs> he describes his style as a cubism, surrealism, and a little Modigliani. That guy, I, I'm familiar. No, I'm not. Um, anyway, uh, he's got super technical skills in painting. It's amazing. These t- paintings are pretty cool. I do but like anyway. his paintings. They're kind of cartoony. Um, 
I don't know. I call him cartoony, but I do like his paintings, but $1.2 million, he's 11. He's now selling. So he has done a ton of paintings and celebrities now own his. Um, Let's see. Who would the Sophia Vergara, Brooke Shields, Channing Tatum. His pieces are now going for up to (laughs) (laughs) $250,000. Yeah. By the way, he is donating a lot of money to charity. Yeah, he um, can afford to. <laughs> exactly. This is just a little brief weird news story in Anchorage, Alaska. They received a call uh, on Monday from a citizen saying that um, in the middle of the road, there's a, quote, pig who looked cold. There's a like a pink pig sitting in the middle of an intersection. And so the police officers, okay, um, They, this is the police, this is the Anchorage Police Department tweet. Just shy of a year ago, we responded to a call about a turkey trying to enter a convenience store. We showed up and found an actual gobble-gobble trying to finagle his way into the mart at a local gas station. After that adventure, you'd think not much would surprise us, and then yesterday happened. We got a call from a concerned citizen regarding a pig in Fairview standing onto the side of the road who, quote, looked cold. Do you want me to continue with their puns? Yes, I would do, actually. We're all familiar with refrigerated bacon. (laughs) We just never thought we'd respond to a call for a service related to that topic. As it turned out, this portly dude was quite friendly, and you'd be happy to know he was reunited with his family and all is well. Would you like to know the best part? His name. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you Elvis. Elvis Pigsley. (laughs) Elvis Pigsley. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna do a story in texas now uh, and it's about our friend bailey bailey is a dog who was in a shelter and um, really cute kind of like shepherdy looking dog and she was at the animal rescue league of el paso and she was adopted adopted out and then the owners called and they were like oh no Bailey's gotten loose. Bailey's gone. And so they put out a, you know, whatever their Facebook page and alerts and on social media asking for help finding the newly adopted Bailey. And uh, Bailey was gone and was gone for like a week. And she had been adopted somewhere 10 miles, just 10 miles away from the shelter, 10 miles. And, um, Just after 1 a.m. on July 31st, so two days after Bailey disappeared from her new home, the shelter staff got a ring doorbell notification. And it's Bailey's face. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey left her new home and got lost and went all the way back to the rescue where she then showed up on the ring doorbell <laughs> asking to be let back in. <laughs> I don't like the new house. I'm coming out. <laughs> it's like, did she get lost and just go, I know where to go? Or did she go, I got to get back I'm to the shelter. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. This place sucks. Food's better there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she did get reunited with her new family. And I guess as she lived at the shelter for so long. So she home. just was having adjustment issues. So hopefully (laughs) Bailey decides to stay. (laughs) One more? Yep. This is just a really cool, really cool story. Um, Central Park, New York. 
there was a break-in to the zoo in Central Park. It's a Manhattan-based zoo. And uh, somebody had broken in to where the owls are and vandalized and cut the steel mesh. And the bird, Flacco, had escaped the Central Park Zoo. Okay? Has escaped the zoo and gone, and they've been trying to catch this owl. It is a ginormous owl. It's a Eurasian eagle owl. Their wingspan is almost seven feet. Okay. It's a ginormous bird. It was discovered missing um, at 8.30 on a Thursday and was remaining all weekend up till the next Monday loose. And people started to see this owl and they're like, we have to catch this owl because it's been raised in captivity. It's not going to know how to hunt. It's going to starve to death. That is not true. (laughs) Flacco has now been seen in central park feasting on the rats. (laughs) Apparently Flacco is now living in central park and is It says he has erased his doubters and is now savoring the rodent menu of the big city as he's reclaimed his killer instinct. Residents and people visiting are watching him swoop down from trees and grabbing rats and taking them back up to the tree. Because of this, zoo officials have now decided to suspend recovery operations. (laughs) They're like, he's, he's eating cool. well. <laughs> yeah. He's cool. They're going to keep an eye on the owl's health. However, they've realized he's going to be fine. Yeah. Matter he of fact, he's fine. doing the service to the city. They sh- exactly. He should be billing the city. Exactly. <laughs> Flacco has found his true calling. Do you know what they're calling Flacco now? No. The John Wick of owls. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. there you go that's your weird news again if you ever see something weird in the news you want me to talk about it just send it to me jamie at horseradionetwork.com if it's dirty i'm not gonna read it on the show but i will certainly read it to my husband (laughs) (laughs) well thank you everybody for joining us we really appreciate it uh we're looking forward to talking to you again on friday get your ads in for really bad ads to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com that's jennifer at horseradionetwork.com auditors hold on and we'll do a quick uh post show for you is Chad still around? He is. Oh, I want I want to talk to him in the post show because okay. I found this Reddit thread I need to ask him about. Uh, so we'll talk to Chad in the post show. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Talk to you again on Friday. All right, spade, neuter, gal. 